0: All right, so here's what I want to do. One of the things, one of my favorite things to do um, when I go speak at new places is this. Okay, you ready? Everybody shake the hand of the person behind you. Oh, oh, no, yep, turn. Okay, very good. Very good. Some of you are catching on. Some of you are catching on. Very good. Isn't that, isn't that so much fun? I just love being, okay, turn back around, turn back around. It's not a greet time. It's not a meet and greet time. Okay turn back around. Isn't that so much fun? If you're ever in this position, do that, because the the blessing that you get from just watching is awesome. What does that have to do with the message? Absolutely nothing. Okay, so, um, uh, but here's what I do want you to do. I want you to turn to a neighbor, turn to somebody, and say this. Get out. I think the Rock Church wants you down there. There's a, no, never mind. Okay. Uh, Turn to the person next to you and say if God has a gift for me, then I want it. If God has a gift for you, I want you to have it. If you have a gift for me, hand it over. <laughs> Who said you can't have fun in church, right? Hey, what I want us to talk about this morning, we've been talking for the last few weeks, and what our summer series is going to be is this, essentials of the church. And, and, and where we're going for this is the book of Acts. Right, we're going to the Book of Acts because Ephesians five one imitate Christ, therefore, as his dear children. We want to imitate um, the, the the church in Acts, and so, um, and and so we're we're going basically to the Book of Acts to see what were the essentials of the early church, and the first essential that we see is the Holy Spirit. And so we've talked the last few weeks about the Holy Spirit, and if you're coming today and you're diving in um, at the tail end of this series, I strongly encourage you to go to um, summitmain.org and listen to the the previous messages on the Holy Spirit because everything is kind of built up uh, to today. But this is the last day we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And some of you are like... Man, because here's the deal. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's a lot that comes along with that, right? I mean, some of us were born and raised in different churches from different denominations. Some denominations talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. Others avoid it at all costs um, because it's kind of, you know, you, you never know what's going to come along with it. So here's what I want us to do this morning, okay? How many of you, and, and this was dangerous in the first service, it's probably even a little more dangerous than this service, um, but how many of you were, let's say, around before 1990, okay, okay, a lot of you, okay, great, Um, others of you that weren't, you were post-1990, number one, bless your hearts, number two, um, you missed out on something big time, right, before Xbox, before PlayStation, before PlayStation 2, PlayStation 10, all that stuff, right, Um, uh, but before, before all of that, we had what's called the Etch-A-Sketch, Okay. Now I've never been more proud. I I looked at Bria this morning. I said, "Hey Bria, I need you to run downstairs and grab me an etch a sketch." She brought back two of them. I didn't know we had two of them. That just makes me so happy. Um, never been more proud. Anyway, but you know the etch a sketch, right? You can you can use these things and you can draw. And I'm just I'm just scribbling right now, channeling my. Even if I tried, it wouldn't be um, as pretty as what I'm doing right here, right? But you draw something, you draw something. Then when you get kind of sick of it and you're like, okay, that's enough, what do you do? Shake it, right? And what happens? Blank slate. What's that? That's the delete, that's that's where we got the delete button? Very good, I didn't know that. Um, You learn something new every day. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, a lot of us need to shake the etch-a-sketch of our mind. A lot of us need to shake the edge sketch of our mind. Because here's this, this, th- there's this new term that um, Pastor Russ and I have been talking about as I've talked to him a couple times over the last couple weeks, and he's been down in Boston. I think I might have mentioned this last Sunday. There's this new term called, you know, folk theology. And folk theology goes a little bit like this. It's it's beliefs that we believe. It's beliefs that we believe because we've talked about it, we've heard about it, we've preached about it, we've learned about it so much. We've even memorized it, right? And 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 we've 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 built this set of beliefs up. But then when you go to scripture, they're nowhere in there. They're nowhere in there. They're nowhere in the Bible. But yet we believed them because that's what we've always said. Famous last words of the church, right? We're going to do that because we've always done it that way. We're going to believe that because that's the way we've always said it, right? And see, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, a lot of us have beliefs, we have thoughts, we have, we have um, opinions, we have different, different things when it comes to the Holy Spirit because, well, that's what I learned when I was nine, or that's what I heard when I was 11, or, or, you know, or this or that, and, re- and when, when, re- when reality sets in, when we look at Scripture, it's not even there not even there and so today we're going to talk about gifts we're going to talk about gifts that, that God gives us gifts that the that come to us by the Holy Spirit we're going to back up and kind of talk a little bit more about the Holy Spirit and how he was from the beginning but in order to do that I felt like you know when it comes to the Holy Spirit we've got to pull the etch-a-sketch out of our mind we got to we've got to shake some things out of there we've got to shake some things out of there because there's some things that we believe, there's some things that we've bought into that will affect our relationship with Jesus and will affect how we engage in relationship with the Holy Spirit. That may not even be true. That may not even be in there. So, would you do that with me this morning? Can we look at, at the Holy Spirit when it comes to gifts with a blank slate? Right? Not fearful. But if it's in there, we're gonna talk about it. And we're just gonna go for it. Okay? Cool? So we all have a gift. And if you have a gift, right, God wants us to have it. Right? Remember, remember, oh, one more thing with the edge sketch, one more thing with the edge sketch, okay? Now, um, herb. I'm not, this is just an illustration, okay? So I'm going to let you hold this for a second, but I need it back. All right? So if I were to give her, now this isn't happening, right? But if I were to give her this etch sketch right? It's a gift. It's a gift. What did he do to get it? Nothing. He didn't earn it. I gave it to him, right? Happy Father's Day. Now give it back. Thank you. Give it back. We were, about to, we were about to throw down right there <laughs> right in the middle of church. All right, anyway, this is about, this is about to turn Old Testament. Anyway, um, all right. But when it comes to gifts, gifts are given. They're not earned, right? You don't have to work to receive a gift. Another thing about gifts, gifts can be received or gifts can be rejected. Right, gifts can be rejected. Or let's throw a third one in there. Right, let's throw a third one in there. I don't know if you have anybody in your family like this. I've got, I've, I've got a couple people that I know that are like this. Right, a gift can be um, received. A gift can be rejected. Or can you guess it? A gift can be regifted. Regifted. Right? <laughs> Maybe even to you. Anyway, um, or or a fourth one that I just heard. Right from. From over here, returned, <laughs> right? Return, store credit. Um, gifts can be uh, rejected, gifts can be received, gifts can be re gifted, gifts can be returned. So I want us to talk about today gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because here's the truth. Here's the truth. My goal for the message this morning is this for you to walk out of here believing and knowing, even if you don't know what it is, I have a gift and God wants me to use it. If there's nothing else, you get today, that's, that's kind of the thesis statement of today. I have a gift, and God wants me to use it. I have a gift, and God wants me to use it. Because sometimes sometimes we, we treat our gifts like that illustration. You, guys, you guys may, maybe have heard this, right? Francis Chan was talking to his daughter one time in the kitchen, and he looked at his daughter, and he said, hey, go clean your room. Go clean your room. And his daughter said, Okay, went upstairs, closed the door to her room. About an hour and a half later, she came back downstairs and she looked at her dad and said, Dad, I want you to know I thought about what you said. I want you to know that I memorized what you said. Go clean your room. I want you to know that I did a Greek study and, and, uh, and looked at the true meaning of what it means to clean one's room. And, Daddy, you'll be really proud of this one. Uh, I've called some friends, and they're going to come over, and we're going to do a Bible study on this, what it would look like if I cleaned my room. What didn't happen? The room didn't get clean. And many of us treat our gifts that God gives us like that. Okay, God, you gave me the gift of teaching. I thought about what you gave me. I've wondered what it would be like if I actually used that gift. I've studied it. I've even talked to some other people about how I have this gift of teaching and how awesome it would be if, if I taught and, I, and if I did this and if I did that, right? That would be so amazing. What have you done with it? Nothing. 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 Each one of us has a gift and God wants us to use it, a gift given to us by God. And God wants us to use it. It's called this, charisma. Charisma, charis is gift, ma is plus. And so in the Greek New Testament, when when we talk about the gifts given by God, the, the word there is charisma, gift plus. And so each one of us has a gift plus, a charisma, right? Some of you are like, elbowing your wife, like, see honey, I have a gift. Pastor Travis says, I'm useful, I'm worth something. Pastor Travis said so, and they're, they're still shaking their heads. No, no you don't. Um, right? Each one of us has a gift plus, and so our goal today is to, to show you each one of us has a gift, and God wants us to use it. Before we dive into that, Genesis chapter 1, I want to show you a couple more things about the Holy Spirit. We're going to put this whole thing together. We're going to go on a little bit of a journey. Genesis 1, Genesis 11, and then uh, Acts 2. Okay, so if you, uh, if you have your Bibles, if you have your smart device or phone um, and, and would like to follow along, we're going to be in Genesis 1, Genesis 11, and Acts 2 really quickly because I want to take us on a journey about the Holy Spirit before we dive into the gifts piece. So Genesis 1, verse 1 says this. In the beginning, right? In the beginning. So in the beginning of the whole story, I'm getting there. Introduction, contributors, preface. I didn't know there's a preface to the Bible. Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Something we need to understand about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit was not created. It's not created by God. He's not created by God. He's not an impersonable force. Here in the beginning, in the beginning of all time, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And who was there? The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Hovering over the void. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, He wants to bring order in chaos. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, He wants to bring order in chaos. The Holy Spirit was present at creation but not only was he present at creation the holy spirit was involved in creation the holy spirit's always creating think about this um, when jesus was baptized in the new testament when jesus was baptized the bible says that, that the holy spirit descended like a dove right and and so and, and so I was thinking about that this week if jesus if jesus needed the holy spirit how much more do we need the holy spirit in our everyday life. And so the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. It was a part of creation. And then we look at Genesis chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Verse 4. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the whole face of the whole earth. Over the face of the whole earth. The human race begins to figure out. The human race begins to figure out that we can make some things, that we can put some things together, that we can make some things. And what comes from it? Pride and arrogance. Because look at, the, look at, look at this, look at this. Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick. And, and then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with its top in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed. Let us do this for ourselves this is pride this is arrogance and pride always comes before the fall and then get this verse 5 and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built and the Lord said behold there are one people and they all have one language and this is only the beginning of what they will do and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them get this verse 7 come let us go down It's confusion and chaos. So let's, here in verse 7, when he said, come, let's go down, that's the same word as in earlier in Genesis when he said, let's make man in his own image. That word let's, that's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. The Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. And things were going along, and then they discovered that they could make some things for themselves, and pride and arrogance set in. Then flip over to Acts chapter 2. You still here? Okay, two of you, good. Acts 2, verse 1. We looked at this about three weeks ago, and today we're going to look at it again When the day of Pentecost arrived, 50 days after the Passover, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Right? And we talked a a few weeks ago how the Israelites would have known exactly what was happening here because of their experience and, and because of what they had been taught. Right? Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, so that the Holy Spirit would lead them, protect them, guide them, every step of the way, 24-7. They would have known exactly what was happening here, because of the words described by the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. So what we have here in the book of Acts, right, the church is formed. Jesus ascends into heaven... Right? The angels appear where Jesus ascends into heaven. says, what are you doing gazing into heaven? He's going to return the same way that he left. Get to work. He's giving you a job to do. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. Acts 1-8. And you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be, be, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's a job to do. Get to work. The church is formed. And then what happens? The Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And so Jim's over here speaking Russian. Bruce has got German. Shannon's speaking Italian. Dylan's over here speaking pig Latin from from deep south. Right? We've got um, we've got Dwayne speaking Maynard. And 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 so everybody's you know, everybody everybody there's there's chaos, right? And everybody's divided. Why? Because Genesis eleven, remember? They scattered. They scattered them. They scattered them. The first sign of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit brought order in the chaos because then everybody could understand what each one was saying in their own language. The Holy Spirit brought them together. Acts 2 is the reversal of Genesis 11. Acts 2 is the reverse of the curse of the Tower of Babel. You see that? Come, let's us go down and destroy this thing because they're building a city for themselves. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to make a name for themselves. I'm glad that we're not Genesis 11 people anymore trying to build our own name up and trying to make a name for ourselves and trying to do things on our own. Amen? And then Acts 2, the Holy Spirit brings order in the chaos, saying, hey, we're all different, we're all doing different things, but I can bring them together. The first sign of the Holy Spirit is that He brings order into chaos. And there's some of us this morning that need order in our chaos. Are you doing it on your own? Are you making a name for yourself? Are you trying to Succeed in your own way? Or are you living according to the Spirit of God? The Holy Spirit brings order into the chaos. The reverse of Babel. The sign of the Holy Spirit is that all of these people have come together. They understood each other. So there's some things about gifts from the Holy Spirit that I want to talk about this morning. Four things. Number one, The Holy Spirit is the first gift. We see that. Right? We we just saw that. The Holy Spirit came. Acts 2 brought everyone together. The Holy Spirit is the first gift, but love is the greatest gift. The Holy Spirit is the first gift, but love is the greatest gift. Why? I'm so glad you asked. Because Because love, if I love the people, love is the one gift that dictates all of the others. Because if I love my brothers and sisters in Christ here at Summit this morning, then I will never let another gift divide the body. So Paul, in 1 Corinthians, this was was happening. In 1 Corinthians, they were starting to discover gifts. There's a lot about gifts in the book of 1 Corinthians, and Paul is writing to them because some people had discovered that they had gifts and they were puffed up because of it. And they were trying to flaunt their gift, and they were trying to go around and, and and say, Well, you know, I'm better than you because I've got this gift, and I'm better than you because I've got that gift. And then sandwiched right in between these two chapters in First Corinthians about gifts and leadership, chapter 12 and chapter 14, we get chapter 13. Everybody knows 1 Corinthians 13. We've all got a plaque about it in the house. Love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, right? And so then when you get an intense fellowship with a member of your family, you look at the placard and say, hey, don't yell at me, love is patient. You see the sign? I don't know from personal experience, I'm just guessing. And so sandwiched right in between these two chapters on gifts and leadership is this love chapter. Why? Because love is the greatest gift. Because love doesn't let other gifts divide the body. Instead, love sees the value of the other gifts working together for the glory of God. We don't need, listen to me, we don't need a bunch of feet. We don't need a bunch of hands. We don't need a bunch of eyes. We, don't, uh, we need you to operate within the gifting that God has blessed you with for the glory of the God. We need a complete body. What does it look like if everybody's afoot? Smells really bad. Right? We we all, the Holy Spirit is the first gift, but love is the greatest gift. Love is the greatest gift. Paul writes there, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, If I speak, first one, in the tongues of men and angels, get this, get this, get this, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, then if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love I gain nothing. There's some incredible gifts here that Paul references, prophetic powers which by, by the way, by the way, little little side note, little side note. Prophecy is not fortune telling. Okay? Prophecy is not fortune telling. Remember the etch a sketch, right? Etch a sketch, okay? We're we're shaking shaking it out, right? Prophecy, fortune telling. I see Dylan um, going to The Voice and winning it and then funding Summit Church. That's a word of prophecy. It's not, right? That's not prophecy. Prophecy is not looking at someone and being able to, to, to fortune tell. Prophecy is this you ready? It is proclaiming the word of God over a person's life, okay? prophecy is not fortune-telling because prophecy is rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Right? I see this candidate winning the next election. Nope, that's not prophecy. Prophecy is God places all authority where he would have them. Right? Scriptural. You see the difference? Claiming God's Word over a person's life. See that? Very big misunderstanding in our church culture today about prophecy. It's not fortune telling. It's proclaiming God's word over. God gave me a word Wednesday night for Summit Church. If you were here Wednesday night at our hymn sing, Lois did a phenomenal job. That's no shock to a lot of you. Um, but I walked in Wednesday night. It was just totally blessed. But God, God gave me a word Wednesday night. For Summit Church. Habakkuk 15. He's doing a work that we wouldn't even believe if he told us. That's not fortune telling. That's claiming God's word for our church. That's prophecy. Okay? Back. All right. Back. All right. But 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 you see how we misunderstand, we misinterpret, we fought we buy into this folk theology that, oh, prophecy, that's hmm. I got the gift of prophecy. I'm cuckoo for cocoa puffs because I can, I can tell people their future. No, 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 no! Prophecy doesn't happen without the Word of God. Does not happen without the Word of God. Someone comes to you and hey, I've got a word for you. Where is it in Scripture? First question. We okay? we Okay. There's some big gifts that he talks about here in in 1 Corinthians. Some big gifts that he talks about. But if I have not love, if if, if, if love is not central, I gain nothing. I am nothing. Some big statements there by Paul. Why? Because love is the greatest gift. Love brings the body together. Love is the greatest gift because if I buy into love, I will not use any of my other gifts to divide the body. To be critical of the body. To be bitter. See that? The Holy Spirit's the first gift, but love is the greatest gift. Number two. Number two. Spiritual gifts are good because they're given by God. spiritual gifts are good because they're given by God here's the thing about God God doesn't give white elephant gifts God's not a gag gifter God's not a re-gifter God doesn't look at me and say well you know this gift worked really well for Mark Travis so I'll just give you no no no, no. God's given me specific gifts if you do ever take a spiritual gifts test, which I think we're going to, after the first service we kind of made the decision that we're going to try to figure out how to get a spiritual gifts test out to you um, this week. But if you take a spiritual gifts test, most of them give you three dominant gifts, right? A couple of mine, apostolic, I'm a, I'm a leader of leaders, I, I like to, to, to bring new things into fruition, shocker, right? Another one of mine is pastor-teacher, um, shepherd-teacher, shocker, right? Everybody, this is yes, this is no. Okay, very good, very good. Y'all are still stuck on that prophecy thing. All right, moving on. But you but 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 the but the thing is, that's me. That's Travis. And you know the most beautiful thing about it? God doesn't want or need another Travis. That's a good place to say amen. God doesn't want or need another herb. God doesn't want and need another John. God doesn't want or need another duplicate. God created you and gave you the gifts that he wanted you to have for his glory. And you know the coolest thing about this gift? Who remembers September 13th, 2004, where you were, if you were in the first service, don't ruin this for everybody else. Okay, September 13th, 2004, that was the day the world changed. It was the day the world changed. Oprah. Really? Come on now. Who doesn't love a good Oprah cry, right? Oprah, September 13th, 2004. Now, I I, I didn't remember the episode. I did a little research around this, okay? Did a little research around this. I'm not that way. Um, But Oprah, Oprah, on September 13th, 2004, was a big day for her. Big day for her. She gave away on her show, right? She she got up. And she said, "Today it's gonna to be a big day. Today's gonna to be a big day. We're gonna give away eleven Pontiac G6s." Now that would have been awesome if I could fit in a Pontiac G6, but I fit really well in Bruce's car, so I think I'll drive that home today. If you guys saw that the white car with the flames, the thing is sweet. He's gonna tithe that to the church. <laughs> now, awesome. Now awesome. 3 people came up to me in the parking lot when I got out of that and they're like Bruce is going to tie that to the church, right? Don't you think? And then and then in the Bible somewhere? That's not folk theology. I think that's there. <laughs> but she got up and she said we're going to give 11 Pontiac G6s away today, and it's going to be amazing, and we're going to change people's life, and they went through this whole thing, and the the stories, and everybody's tearing up, 95% of the women in there, two men that were sticking it out and holding it down for the fellas that were in the studio audience, and they're even tearing up and getting choked up a little bit, gave away 11 Pontiac G6s, right? And then she said, but it gets better, one of you here today in the studio audience is going to get a free Pontiac G6. And so these ladies came out with these big silver trays and they had a little gift box on them. Enough gift boxes for the whole studio audience. And everybody is losing their mind in the studio. They're getting excited, they're going crazy. They can't wait to get one of those boxes. And she said, in these boxes, there's one key for one of you that's gonna drive away in a Pontiac G6. And so she sends the ladies out. She 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 tells them to pass a gift box to every person. And Oprah's like, don't shake it, don't shake it, don't shake it, don't shake it, don't open it, don't open it, we're gonna do it together. Don't open it, don't open it. Don't shake it, don't shake it. And Everybody's got to get one. Everybody's got to get one. Everybody's got to get one. And she's like, you ready? One of you is going to walk out of here with a Pontiac G6, September thirteenth, two 2004. And then it came the moment where she counted down, three, two, one. Everybody opened it. Everybody lost their mind. Why? Because everybody that had a gift box had a key for a Pontiac G6. She gave away 276 Pontiac G6s that day. 276 Pontiac g That sounds awesome, right? I think next Sunday we ought to take a field trip to go to Oprah. (laughs) Huh? She doesn't do a show? She doesn't? Oprah's canceled? Probably, probably, probably should have done that part of the research. Should have known. Alright, so that saves the trip. Okay. Couple things, yeah, you just ruined my whole day. Illustration flop. Okay. What do we take from that? Number one, why is the world so much more generous than the church? You ever thought about that? I mean, I mean, the church ought to be the most love-filled, generous place on the planet because we can't outgive God. We can't. We can't outgive God. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Some of you in this room are the most generous people I know, but some of us whew, we battle that. We battle that. Secondly, and the main point from that illustration that I want us to get, we're talking about how spiritual gifts are good because they're given by God. Those Pontiac G6s, when they were driven away or whatever ended up happening to them, right? The moment they drove off the lot, they depreciated, right? Their value tanked. What are they worth today, 14 years later? Not much, not much, right? Not much. But the gifts that God gives only appreciates with value. The gifts that God gives only get better as they're used more. I remember the first message I ever spoke. I was 14 years old. I was in a barn in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, speaking to my youth group. About 50, 60 students on barn. We did our youth group on Friday night, which I thought was the coolest thing. Because um, I always had plans for Friday night. I never had to feel left out from everybody else's plans. I always had plans on Friday night, you know, so it made me feel cool. Anyway, so, i uh, 14 years old, and sometimes I like to do this. I like to go back and look at notes from previous messages and, and different things to see how God has grown my gift. I haven't perfected anything. We'll get to that in a minute. But but I was 14 years old, and, and um, my youth pastor asked me to speak on unity, right? Because our little, our little youth group needed to be unified. We needed to get out of the cliques, right? We needed to, to be more unified. So he said, here's the deal. you got about 15 ma- minutes to speak, 15 minutes to speak. Time has never been good with me in speaking, okay? But he he, he gave me 15 minutes um, to speak. So I had like five pages of notes, four or five pages of notes. Um, and, and so I got up there in front of all my peers this Friday night, for 14 years old, got up there to speak on unity and I go through all of my notes look down at my watch and i had been speaking for five minutes five minutes because I panicked and so I ran through my notes I sprinted (laughs) through my notes and so I did what every good speaker would do, I went back over my notes two more times got to 14 minutes and then had a minute long prayer got to 15, sat down, because I thought it was a big deal, youth pastor gave me 15 minutes, I better use 15 minutes, and so my notes only gave me five, so I ran through them three times, and did an extra long prayer, boom, done, right? If I were to get up here with five pages of notes today, just two pages and three, we'd be here till tomorrow morning. Anita's like, yep, <laughs> we would. Thanks a lot, Anita, very encouraging. But the thing about it is, over the years, now 20 years later, I can see how God's grown my gift. I can see how God's grown my gift. It's gotten better in time. It's gotten better as I've used it more. Not like a car that depreciates every time I get in it. Right? And there's times I've got to fuel that gift. There's times I've got to fuel that gift. Like there's one communicator, I heard this from him one time. He said, if you can't listen to yourself, how do you expect your congregation to listen to you? And so I have to listen to myself most of the times I speak. And so most of the times I speak, the week after, I've got to listen to myself. And with the number of rabbits that I've chased today, I'm going to have a lot of notes and critiquing myself, right? Because we've got to get it better, you know, make our gifts better. And the only way they get better is if we work at them. But they get better. They appreciate with time. They appreciate when they're used. Not like the gifts we get from others. Not like the gifts we get ourselves. Paul tells the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 4-6, through he says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who powers them, empowers them all in everyone. There's different gifts, but it's the same Spirit. It's not a competition. Number one, the Holy Spirit's the first gift, and love is the greatest gift. Number two, spiritual gifts are good because they're given to us by God. Number three, gifts are given to you, but they're not just for you. Gifts are given to you, But they're not just for you. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, get this, for the common good. Everybody say common good. good. For the common good. Then look at 1 Corinthians 14, 26. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. For the strengthening of the church. For the strengthening of the church. Gifts aren't just given, uh, excuse me. Gifts are given to you, but they're not just for you. Gifts are given to you, but they're not just for you. And then lastly, everyone, everyone, number four, has a gift and a responsibility to use it. Everyone has a gift and a responsibility to use it. If I don't use my gift, I'm robbing you. If I don't use the gifts that God has given me for the body of Christ, then I'm robbing you. If you don't use your gifts for the body of Christ, guess what? You're robbing us. You're robbing us. Now, here's the here's the deal. Well but, but 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 Pastor, I've got gifts, but but I don't ever want to be seen. I don't ever want to be talked about. I don't I just you know like 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 there's some people that do some things around here that are never seen, that are never heard, that remain nameless, but yet you see the fruits of their work. You see the fruits of their gifting. You see the fruits of what they've done. And without them this church doesn't happen. Without them things don't don't go off near as smoothly as they do. And so there are some people, right, that, that serve in the background, that serve in incredible ways that we never see, that we never hear about, but their gifts are being used. And if they don't, then guess what? We're being robbed of that. They're being robbed of being able to use those gifts. There's, there, it's detrimental to the health of the body. Detrimental to the health of the body. What else that means is this, that gifts aren't just used. You ready for this? Because this is going to ruin someone's day. Gifts aren't just used on Sunday mornings. Gifts aren't just used on Sunday mornings. Gifts aren't just used on Sunday mornings. Your gift is for every day. Gifts aren't just used for Sunday mornings. 1 Corinthians 12 verses 8 through 13 says this, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between Spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. The gifts aren't for us, they're for the common good of the church. Look at verse thirteen. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body—Jews or Greeks, slaves or free—and all were made to drink of one Spirit. The goal isn't—the goal isn't for us to get our gift. The goal is to soak in the Spirit. The goal isn't to get our gift. The goal is to soak in our Spirit. It's like holidays shift, don't they? Holidays shift. I mean, we're in, we're in Father's Day right now. And, um, and 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 but, but but thinking more like Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, thinking more Thanksgiving and Christmas. Man, 20 years ago, not, not, not no judgment. This is a safe place. 20, 30 years. I don't even remember 30 years ago, but let's say 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Right, I was four. Um, 30 years ago. <sighs> Sorry. backing out of that one Um, 25 years ago right Christmas was hopping and what was it about? Gifts man when you were a kid you just couldn't wait to see what was under that tree now I just want the people all I care about is the people in the room right? It shifts. Thanksgiving, right? Out of school, right? What a beautiful gift that was. Now, who's at the table? Thank you, God, for who's at the table. See how that shifts? See how that shifts? Same thing about our Holy Spirit gift. Same thing about our charisma. It's not about the gift. I mean, we have a gift and God wants us to use that gift. I want you to see it, right? I'm not not totally um, um, negating everything that we've talked about this morning, but it's more, it's more, it's even more about the relationship with the Holy Spirit and soaking in all that He has for us. Because of the blessing that we receive. Because of the blessing that we're able to be. the power, the ability from God through His Holy Spirit. So, everyone has a gift and a responsibility to use it. So this morning as the worship team comes, if you're to draw back on your Etch-A-Sketch because we shook it. Remember? We shook it when it came to the Holy Spirit this morning. As we're moving on, and next week we're going to look at a different essential for a few weeks. We're going to look at a different essential for the few weeks. We're going to move on. But before we do, if you were to take the Etch-A-Sketch back out, And to kind of map out in your mind, what does your relationship with the Holy Spirit look like? What does it look like? How do you need the Holy Spirit today? How do you need the Holy Spirit today? And what is the gift that He has given you? That He's called you to use? Not to build your own city. Not to make a name for yourself. But for His glory for His glory. To build His kingdom here. To do something that only He can do in and through you. And maybe you would start to etch that back in. Maybe you would start to etch that back in. I think that looks like, you know, we're about to sing a Song. The song's called Jesus Paid It All. I love the bridge of this song. Oh, praise the one. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. What does it look like if tomorrow morning we wake up? What, if, what does it look like if today, before we leave, is maybe if we're singing the song, maybe as we pray before we go, we just say, God, Help me to live according to your spirit today. Reveal yourself to me through your Holy Spirit. Help me to walk in your power. Help me to speak your words. Help me to bless someone with my gifts today that you gave me. Help me to walk according to your spirit. What does that look like? The Bible says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you that's my prayer that nothing that we do as the body of Christ is done outside of the Holy Spirit that may mean it takes longer but that's okay that may mean it's going to be a little more difficult but that's okay that's okay that's okay I felt I didn't do this first service I'm sorry guys but I, 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 need, I need a minute because um, I've, I've heard I've heard over the last couple weeks well you know when we did this merger for those of you who don't know we're about four months old as a church we just merged with a, together um, two former churches and now we're together and, and God's been awesome like, can, can we just pause for a second? Somebody that was visiting from Florida in the first service thing came up to me afterwards, and he's like, I can't, I can't tell that this is a merger. Like it, like, it seems like this thing has been seamless. And it has. It's been unbelievable. God's been so good. Sunday mornings have felt amazing with you worshiping as one church. And, and, and I, I, I looked up back at him, and I said, I don't think it could have gone any better and I don't, I don't think it could have gone any better. (laughs) But certain things have taken more time than we thought. And that's okay. And that's okay. We've got the, we've got different things that we're still trying to figure out. I was having a conversation in between services and, and somebody said, I didn't even know that this room back here was the conference room. Well, it just became the conference room on Friday. So if you didn't know that, it's okay. I found out Thursday that we are going to turn it into the conference room on Friday. It's okay. It's okay. Because, you know why it's okay? Because I think, I think, I think, I think. And you need to trust me in this and if you can't trust me then let's both try to trust God in this I think we're following the Holy Spirit and what he's doing here and that's enough for me that's enough for me and I hope that's enough for you and if it's not then we need to have a bigger conversation not like this But it's important for the body. I hope you've seen over the last four weeks. Because I did. I hope. I was. When I planned this series out. I thought we'd spend two. Maybe three weeks on the Holy Spirit. And then after that first sermon. I was like. We could preach on the Holy Spirit for a year. And it'd be awesome. Dylan's making me stop. It's his fault. but I said three weeks ago I said one thing we've got to do when it comes to the Holy Spirit is recognize that we're in a spiritual battle and our battle's not against flesh and blood but against principality and the Holy Spirit is essential for the power and the strength to trust God in the midst of everything and we're going to do that We're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to trust God. And we're going to walk according to the Holy Spirit's power poured out on His church. And so if it starts to feel hard, and it does, it does, at certain times, I said, I said to my wife this week, maybe twice, maybe twice, in my flesh, this merger was the dumbest thing I've done. All honesty. Because it feels hard sometimes. And I get up to here sometimes. And I know you do too. And that's the moment where we don't need to point fingers. We don't need to send the email. We don't need to text. We need to step back and trust God. And I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. I should have said that first service. I didn't, but I should have said that first service. So maybe we'll post this service and we'll tell those first service people who listen to the second service. Because that's something we all need to hear. It's not about following me, our elders. It's about trusting God. As we walk according to the Holy Spirit, His church for His community and His glory. We're not building a tower here. We're not trying to make a name for ourselves here. But we are trying to make His name famous. So let's trust Him as He uses us to do that. Father, I pray. God, I'm thankful that when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit intercedes for us. And so God, I pray that according to the Holy Spirit that You would empower us for the vision that You want to see come to fruition for this body. And God, as we Trust you the best way that we know how. May we walk slower. Pick up the pace when we need to, but may we walk according to your pace for us. And may we be okay with that. Because we're not trying to build a city for ourselves, we're not trying to make a name for ourselves. God, we need your Holy Spirit to bring order in the chaos daily, moment by moment as we follow You and as we use the gifts that You've given us. God, I thank You that You are a gift giver, the best gift giver on the planet. God, that You have a heart for us to use our gifts for Your glory. And I pray that we would shift the perspective and soak in your presence. It's not about the gifts or flaunting it or doing this or doing that, but it's about soaking in your presence and seeing all that you have for us as your body. In Jesus' name, amen.